Oscar strikes. Oscar has struck on episode eight. So this is uh, first broadcast on November twenty second, nineteen ninety five. The script for this episode is by Hideaki Anno and Yoji Enokido, and the director is our good buddy Kazuya Suramaki, coming back to do a lot of Unit Two action. Yeah, very very action packed episode. Known for. Uh, and this is episode eight of Sync Ratios, your mm-hmm. Evangelion podcast, weekly Evangelion podcast. Yeah. This is uh, the voice of one of your hosts, Luke Piotrowski. And this is the other voice, Ben Collins. And we haven't, I mean, you guys don't know this and you don't care, but we haven't recorded in, it's been like two weeks probably. It's been a minute. Well, there was, I mean. Big, big news. <laughs> worth, I mean, worth it just for posterity's sake is. And we're not going to get into too much of like podcasting business concerns or anything like that. But in the time between we, the last time we recorded and now, uh, Netflix did have their big announcement. Yeah, their big. Everybody was asking. They were asking us as though we might know. Everyone was, you know, on Twitter asking the Netflix accounts, and it finally they had their big uh, thing. <laughs> they had a big. Yeah, I don't know if this is like bad form for podcasts to like really pull the curtain back and like yeah, like you're taking a trip to the past here. <laughs> no, I think it's funny, <laughs> but yeah, Every, you know, because the, the you know spring the announcement the whole reason this is you know this podcast is happening is because mm-hmm. the announcement of spring twenty nineteen. Well, so it was in December, hit. right? So in December, yeah. I think they said they tweeted that it was going to be in in spring, and you had the idea fully, you know, for the record, if we haven't already said it on the podcast, you had the idea that we should do this podcast. Because it's watching it blow up, and it's like, okay, people are going to be talking about this show yeah. again. If ever we were going to do something like this, now's the time, because everybody will be able to kind of follow along, and it's going to be in the zeitgeist. So it's like, yeah, this is, time is ripe. And we've got enough time to bank a bunch yeah. of episodes yeah. to start dropping them as soon as the show hits. But uh, then they announced, you know, spring <laughs> spring arrives. Well, like it got all, so it's like, yeah, so we, if you're hearing it, we're recording this on March 31st. So it was like last week or something. It's finally there, like, because we're like, oh, it's maybe by the end of April. Well, because they, they put up the March <laughs> Netflix, you know, uh, the genre category. Here's all the mm-hmm. anime and sci-fi coming to Netflix in March, and it wasn't on there. And so everybody started uh, tweeting at them, you know, asking about Evangelion. And all that the Netflix <laughs> Twitter would respond with was a gif of Unit Zero bashing its head into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, it was very mysterious. I didn't know what that meant. And then, then they made this big deal about like, okay, there's going to be this huge, this countdown to the release. I had, I had the browser window open on my laptop all day long. I was sitting <laughs> in the parking lot of the Barnes and Noble. Like, it's like, okay. <laughs> Like it is the countdown to the thing. Let me. Uh, let, it's almost time. Let's stop and and make time to see this. And so I'm watching this. Where were you guys when when the when the even <laughs> June happened. announcement? This is a, you know, when you hear this, everybody tweeted this and tell us exactly where you were. You'll you'll never forget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we assumed as like I think a lot of people did that. Okay, well, if they're making such a big deal out of it, this is going to be a surprise drop. Like, okay, they didn't put it on the list. Everybody's asking for it. They're like, okay, we're going to tell you. And then it's just like, yeah, it's 7 p.m. that night or whatever. Yeah. They're going to throw it up. And it's like, oh, perfect. We've, we've already recorded some episodes. We I mean, start- everybody fully believed that it was going to go up that night. I mean, I feel bad. Like, uh, <laughs> Gary, our buddy Gary Graham was like, I think he was ready to, like, make that his whole evening. Like, yeah. I think he was like, uh, you know, and I... You know, it was, it was <laughs> they, very funny. They played the trailer, and uh, yeah, June twenty first. So, so yeah. three months later, I, I believe 21st. June twenty first is the first day of summer. So yeah. Like, oh man, 
Anyway, it's just funny. I just not spring. The I, whole thing is funny. I will say, did you? What did you think of the trailer? I felt. I mean, like, because presumably it is going to be like, an a, you know some sort of restored version, right? Like that, like the because it it looked different to me. Well, it should be HD. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before, but there was the you know obviously the VHS and then the the original DVDs and then the director's cut DVDs, which added some footage back into the last mm-hmm. handful of episodes. And then they did the the cleanup stuff, which got released here as the platinum. That's version, what this is. That's what they, we were yeah, watching. Yeah, where they actually did like five point one sound or like multi channel sound for it, and they cleaned it up, and it looks nicer. But I'm sure there's a an HD version in Japan, and I would assume that that's what we are going to get for Netflix. It just it looked like it was almost like uh, recolored or something like it. I mean, it, which wouldn't surprise me. I don't really know anything about the process of that stuff for animation, but it looked. It looked more like the rebuild movies to me than hmm. than what I'm looking at on my TV screen right now. Yeah, I mean, it certainly looked good, and I'm definitely excited to see it. The I I kind of the music choice I felt was like really techno-y. It, it definitely yeah. felt like the old like manga video yeah. trailers, <laughs> like yeah. Manga Man, where you'd like because like in the '90s, a lot of this stuff. Like Jackie Chan's video madness, like it'd be like the sort of counterculture or like subculture uh, genre stuff that would find its way over here, and that was like cool and underground, and so was techno music. Yeah, it was like <laughs> it was, a lot of like uh, like Chemical Brothers and like yeah, you know Dust propeller and, heads uh, and mm-hmm. so <laughs> type, there was a lot of, of like uh, yeah overlap with that. So you like you like if you don't know what Jackie Chan's video madness is, it was just a bootleg of Jackie Chan. Oh yeah, I had scenes. it. Yeah, yeah with. Paired with like techno music of, mm-hmm. of different sorts, and so like I remember watching a lot of the old anime VHS tapes and, and DVDs when they first started really licensing stuff, and it was it was all about creating this brand, and so you'd have like you know shots of Akira with like you know, this mm-hmm. house music or oh or yeah, which which that f- flag that for a later conversation that we're gonna have uh, separate, but we should get into the episode probably. We should. I, I mean, we should also talk about how that in high school I. Did it took a song from the Blade soundtrack? Well, that's what I was going to talk about. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you I didn't know if you want to do that as a different segment, or if you wanted to do do it on this episode. <laughs> we or can not. talk about that. Yeah, why not? I mean, that's because because I mean because it, it leads into the conversation of like other animes that we like and stuff like that. Oh well, we can yeah, we'll do that somewhere else. But or do you want to do that now? Nah, fuck it, let's do it now. Okay. So yeah, so so if you guys don't know, if we've never mentioned it before, Luke and I went to high school together for one year. I was a freshman when he was a senior, and I was. You know, I think at that point, like, I'd seen, as we previously discussed, I'd seen Akira. I probably was watching, like, Dragon Ball Z on, you know, fucking Cartoon Network or whatever after mm-hmm. school. And, you know, was be- was getting interested in the idea of, of anime and stuff like that. And then for a week, I believe, I think it was for a week, and you'll, you'll, you maybe you'll remember okay. better. The morning announcements, you know, the video. <laughs> so did they play it for a whole week? I don't remember. Yeah, the video. So there was video announcements, you know, it's like the little this broadcasting, broadcasting class or broadcasting whatever class. class. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, the, the sometimes, like, funny things, they'd play, like, funny things, you know, because it was just students doing the stuff. And with no explanation at all whatsoever, I remember I was in my, um, it wasn't AP because I was a freshman, but it was, like, the gifted English class. Mm-hmm. And that was my uh, p- first period, so we watched the announcements in there. And just for no reason at all, this montage <laughs> of... It be it opened with the beginning of Ninja Scroll where he's eating the rice ball and throws it up and like fucks the dudes up and then I think you end I think you bookended the thing yeah. with that. He throws the rice ball up in the beginning of the montage and then a bunch of clips from 
It was, uh, it was Vampire Hunter D, uh-huh. Ghost in the Shell, Fist Ninja of the North Scroll. Star in there. I don't. Maybe Fist of the North Star was. I in feel there? like there was, although I don't. I know you weren't like a huge fan. of I that didn't one at the really time. see it in its entirety until um, much later. I, I, I went to see like a. Well, a friend showed it to me like before I moved, but I just I went, there was a midnight show at the New Beverly that I went to, and that was the first time. I'm I'd pretty seen sure it was ever. in there because so so I'll tell it from my perspective, and you tell then you can tell it from yours. So like this would just this just played before the announcements, <laughs> and and it was yeah it was like you know to this like you know techno song from the Blade soundtrack. I which think I, it was I, it was I got struck by lightning, which is the the song that plays when he gets jacked up on the serum or whatever and he's fighting all the dudes in the pyramid at the end of the first I've blade never movie. seen Blade still. So That's I wouldn't even cool. recognize that. And and for the record this is about I don't know 6 months before the Matrix comes out by the way because this is 19 19- Oh was it? Yeah. Okay. So so this is cuz it was first semester uh freshman year for me and this just I would I would like, you know, because sometimes you're still at your locker or you're doing some things and you miss the morning announcements or whatever. Uh-huh. But for a week, I would make sure I was in class to and really make sure and I'd, the volume was up and watch this clip show thing and try to, like, remember, like, the images and stuff. Because this is, you know, early Internet. This is 1999. So it's like I like there was no there's no one to like there's no credits. I don't think of like which movies it was. No. And so, like, I don't even remember, like. I mean, I just started asking everybody, like, like, because my sister was a year younger than you, and so I started asking everybody, like, who the fuck made that? Like, what the <laughs> hell is this thing? Because I wanted to know the names, like, all the titles and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And some of the imagery was familiar from, like, the, the covers of the VHS tapes I'd seen. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I was aware of Ninja Scroll as a thing that, like, uh, like my skateboard friends would talk about. And it was usually okay. just like, oh, it's the guy, like you know the sexual stuff and people would talk about that stuff or whatever and so i and i was familiar with ghost in the shell because that was a famous one but so i was like writing these down and i think like some guy that i knew from other guy that was like one of my sister's friends maybe somehow somebody was able to tell me it was you that had done it and (laughs) this is so funny and i can't remember i probably when we first met i probably asked you about it because i i don't think i ever got like all i don't think vampire hunter d i didn't see till later but like Mm -hmm. yeah so it was just like this thing and that was like you know that was a big part of me going and seeking out those movies and renting them so like in freshman year of high school like i would get my sister or or older friends to rent ghost in the shell and things like that Mm -hmm. and that's that was a lot of my entryway into anime and then of course the matrix came out in 99 spring of 99 yeah oh yeah so so yeah i guess this would have been this is we're actually recording this on the anniversary of its release yeah which is really crazy so yeah so it would have been in in march because i remember because it was spring break we were on Mm -hmm. spring break the year so okay so take that back the the anime clip show thing that would have been end of 1998 and then so yeah uh, 1999 was uh, the second semester of freshman year for me, and going to see The Matrix, like... Well, if I want to toot my own horn, my friend Will and I... Oh, well, yeah. All props to Will for, uh, you know, he and I did that that little montage of anime stuff, but we also dressed up for yes, opening did. day of the first Matrix. Yes. So this is before it was a thing. We would We just... I don't even really know how... We knew about it, and worse, I mean, this, the trailers and shit, I guess, just had us so excited, but I dressed as Neo, and he dressed as Agent Smith. Yeah, and I remember talking and to you guys no, about no, it. Nobody in the high school knew what the fuck, because we were doing Men in Black, like, nobody knew. Well, I knew you guys at that point, because we were in a class together, and so, like, I knew what it was, and we had had some conversations about, like, you know, have you seen this weird trailer for this thing? Like, the like I remember talking to Will, particularly, right. about it, and I was like, what is this movie? And he's just like, I don't know, but it looks fucking cool. And it was, like, this thing that, like, I don't even remember the marketing being particularly great, just that they 
Well, no, it, it was great because they wouldn't tell it. They played that line of Morpheus, like, you know, no one can be told what yeah. the Matrix is. Oh, yeah, no, that's that was good. You have to see it for yourself. But I don't, I don't know that, like, it was, I don't remember it being a thing that, like, was everyone cool, was talking yeah, about. Yeah, oh, no, but there was a very cool website. Like, it definitely the website was fucking targeted cool. people who had seen Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> Yo, know, God. Like, it was like, this is a movie for you. Because the website was all done in the, like, green, like, uh, you know, DOS-like looking stuff. Mm -hmm. And they had, like, a, a comic up there that was, like, a sort of prequel comic. Yeah, eventually they had, like, the weird, like, Neil Gaiman story. About, yeah, yeah. Know. I used to check the Matrix website. Like, like what is the com? I think is what it was. <laughs> I and I, we should probably right. look it up. But I used to check it every single day for a while there just to see if there was new information and stuff. Yeah. But so, like, that was, I remember, because it, it, it came out, I think... Friday and then or Wednesday but it was like right before spring break and so I was in Florida with uh visiting my grandparents and my dad and my uncle and I went to see it and I you know it was one of those things that's just like I mean it blew everybody's minds obviously like we can go on and on and on about it but it felt sort of well timed in the sense that there was obvious anime influence to the thing yeah and well, Japanese yeah. culture and so at that time like I'd been getting into like John Woo movies and stuff like that but it was like a nice little like multiple pieces of yeah, the and fact techno that, like, music like that yeah, is like really yeah. the synthesis of <laughs> this is a crazy tangent but yeah, yeah the sorry idea guys. <laughs> asian influence stuff and like underground stuff and techno music and all of that coming together you know i meant jackie chan anime so all of that is yeah. really uh yeah really came together well, so, so the, the so the point of all that to bring up was just to say that you were like right there ahead of the, like like months ahead of the cultural curve there because then pretty much everybody I mean everyone became obsessed like the matrix soundtrack was a big deal and like that uh -huh. type of stuff and then just obviously like the matrix and its various anime and just asian in general influences took over the culture of hollywood cinema and stuff like that and so it was you know and no one ever did it as well nope so uh yeah so this should so we I talk just, about the episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to add anything to your story about to the story about. No, I mean stuff, I just wanted to bring it up because it is it it's is funny, funny and fun, and you know, broadcasting class is sort of the you know the slack off class. <clears throat> I don't know if they. I think they still do it. I think my kid has appeared yeah. on the morning announcements where they sort of they play it on the closed circuit television of the school. It would be so easy now because you guys had like that fucking like editing machine. Well, they had some yeah like a video toaster style editing because I used to guys I used to take to my camcorder and like a vcr and like use the two vcr method to like edit uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> videos that we shot on camcorder yep you taught me how to do it and uh you know so we would edit videos and stuff for for fun and when we were in the broadcasting class that's when they had this editing machine where you could actually put in the clips it had some and... name like it was like not da vinci because that's what the color machine is called now uh -huh. like the popular one it was something like the casablanca Maybe it was I think it was Casablanca. called the Casablanca, and it was, was like, and like only like four people knew how to use it, and you were one of them. And like I tried to cut something on it one time, and it was fucking impossible. Like like a friend of mine is in the class, and we'd made some other project, and like yeah, I never you could make class. precision cuts because if you ever tried to like edit out the commercials oh, the crash on, on TV, yeah. you know by by just pausing. You're gonna you're gonna lose the beginning. You're gonna lose the end. And when you're trying to do fast clips, so like it was really just Will and I wanting to use the editing equipment. And being into the Blade soundtrack and and anime, and we just went to Blockbuster and rented as many as we could. That's why there's not that many on there. It was sort of like what yeah. was available, and also no, there was what, only, what, yeah. what could we afford to rent? Well, and, I, and yeah, I mean, so literally, like, what probably the reality of it is is I probably went to the same Blockbuster you went to and rented the same tapes because <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, we all exactly. lived in the same. It wasn't like you know you lived like two miles away from me or something. It wasn't like yeah. that. 
Um, but yeah. yeah, so that was um, funny. I mean, it, 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 whatever. People appreciate that gushing, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want this to be not just, here's what happened on the show. We just yeah. walk through the plot. I, I kind of want to, uh, you know, be a, a place for fans of this stuff to come and listen to and you know hopefully if you know once the show actually comes on like Mm -hmm. engage with us somewhat uh, on social media which we haven't really talked about that we do have a we have an email address for the show yeah it's is it it sync ratios podcast i don't know you set up the email i know it's i know it's at sync ratios uh is the twitter and then i think i'm at luke underscore piotrowski or is it piotrowski underscore luke i think it's that one I mean, okay it's, just... syn- it's sync ratios at gmail.com is the email address but obviously twitter is the fastest way of reach anybody on anything so yeah either of us be, uh, at b davis collins at and as yeah. as we've already revealed to you this is being recorded way in advance of you actually hearing it but well that's and i mean if you're listening this far in you've probably figured out how you like to do this but i, I just for the record i'd like to say that in my opinion this is sort of this is meant to be kind of a, a a living document, a companion piece to the show in perpetuity. Like I think that this is, you know, I was on I was on this other podcast the other day that's about like noise music, and 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 I was just so tickled and pleased at like the idea that we can be now with the ease of podcast, you know, technology and how this communication style works, that we can all be contributing to conversations that we wish we could have been having with me, the media that we were watching as kids. And so yeah. like the idea here is, is like, you know, you know, whenever, as long as this is available on the internet, if somebody's watching Evangelion and they want to have the simulated experience of a couple guys in their living room, talking shit about stuff with them, that that's what it's there for. And so yeah. whether you watch, whether you're already just a fan, you just listen to it for fun or whether you actually do figure out some tandem way to do it with watching you know the point is is it's, it's just it's just going to be there so yeah there's no we because we, we debated that there's no way that they were ever going to release it week by week anyways it's not like game of thrones like we can't right. actually do a thing like that <clears throat> so it's really just meant to be that and i if we haven't made that abundantly clear i just wanted to say it again yeah of course and uh there's sort of a nice segue here from what we were talking about with uh ninja scroll uh and i don't want to again we'll, we'll want to go in order here to some extent, but I want to talk about Kaji. Yeah, this is yeah. We should do yeah, so this this uh, this episode. We get two pretty important new characters and a fuckload of action. So yeah, there's we probably do. not a you know we're we're 20 minutes in now. And we've barely talked about the episode, but there's you know <laughs> the characters are the more discussion points here. There's not a ton of plot to discuss, although right at the end there's some stuff. So you well, to- the reason I want to talk about Kaji is because do you know who does the voice of Kaji? Is it the guy that does the voice of what's his name and? Jubei and yes it is Is really Jubei from Ninja Scroll this is a voice actor Koichi Yamadera uh who is again like like all of these voice actors like some of your favorite fucking characters and I I sort of I'm not like a big like oh oh, all the say you and like I Uh I don't know all that but every time I stop to think about it and look or like I I do catch a voice that I recognize and I look them up it's always like holy shit because Koichi Yamadera is also Togusa from Ghost in the Shell. Oh wow! In the in the movie and then in um, some of the later shows too, like Standalone Complex and stuff. Oh wow! He's uh, Inspector Zenagata in tons of Loop in the Third stuff okay. recently. M- my kid would like him because he's uh, Beerus from Dragon Ball Super, ah. which I've seen only a little bit of. <laughs> but uh, I like that he's in Millennium Actress. Oh, cool! One of the places that I first really is he like the him. cop or something? He's like the man with the key. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, he's or is, that, um, is it a cop in the Millennium Actors, or am I confusing it with Paprika? 
Um, well, he's in Paprika too, I oh. think, briefly. There you go. So, um, but he is also in Legend of the Overfiend. Have you is... seen that? No. Because I almost bought there's the manga of that at Secret Headquarters the other day, and it's saved in my Amazon well, shopping Well, that's like cart. all the tentacle rape stuff. Yeah, but it was like it was like you know there's like a reprinting of it, and it was like you know seminal like cult classic like thing. they just put the like uh, soundtrack out on vinyl too. I would like to see it. Oh, I would totally. Like to I don't. I'm yeah. I mean. You know. Well, that'll be. We'll save that for our hentai podcast. Yeah. That we do. <laughs> the hentai corner. Um, hentai corner. But also, he's Spike from Cowboy Bebop. Damn. And really? Yeah. So there's so like all, pretty much all the cool, sexy dudes. Like he's he's cornered the so market. So do you think? Do you think that over there, him and the the uh, Ray actress that we talked about last uh-huh. time are like? Do you think there's ever like tabloid stuff? Like whether or not they're like you know what I mean? Like. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I know, do, like, do people ship these uh, <laughs> these voice actors? Oh, you'd think that they would, huh? I mean, God, I mean would... like, she's a big pop star as well, like a big J-pop star. Like, a bunch of is he handsome? And stuff. Uh, I mean, no, he just looks like a cool dude. Like, his IMDb photo is more recent. Mm-hmm. He also has cameos in Godzilla movies, a couple of them, so I'm going to start looking for him. I think nice. he's in Godzilla vs. Megaguirus as, like, a children's show host or something. Uh, and he's in Final Wars, so I'm, I'm definitely gonna keep my eyes up for him. But no, I mean, he just looks like a dude. Like, yeah, he's got like glasses and stuff. Because I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. It was never really thought about whether or not the male voice actors are the equivalent. Because like the the female voice actors are all like. Well, Kaji, his voice is so sexy. Oh, totally. Is the the performance is so like confident and like. The way his character design is. I mean, the hair is kind of weird, but like his posture and the way his clothes are slightly looser than everybody oh, else's. Got that tie undone. Just oh yeah, and he's always he looks so relaxed, especially in this episode when it's like you would think this would be the absolute most stressful situation they've yet been in. Like mm-hmm. this episode in particular seems like the like the one where everyone should just be completely freaking out, but. Kaji doesn't seem to really. Oh, he's just like hanging out, leaning on the railing yeah. of the ship when when he's watching like the the other ships. Like, battleships explode. get split in half, and yeah. like it, it's like the amount of destruction in this episode is is very funny. Before we me. leave behind his acting roles, though, I do want to call out that he's Donald Duck in the Japanese version of Kingdom Hearts. Wow! So he's got some range. That's. Do you think he does a Donald Duck Japanese? Voice? I'm very curious. I should probably. I kind of want to know out. that. Yeah, we should look that up. I'm not gonna try and do a Donald Duck voice or what I think a Japanese nope. Donald Duck voice. It's enough that we have like a, a like a Patreon and we make money, then I'll put that as some sort of like, oh, if we get like ten thousand dollars a month, I'll do a Japanese Donald Duck voice. But I'm <laughs> not gonna do that now. But yeah, that'll be the Patreon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Tier, the top, the top tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very top. Um. So yeah, so he's a character that we we meet here, and he's he's cool, and we you know they imply that. Uh, him and Masato, you know, used to date, and there's a sort of, you know, kind of rom commy. Oh, he's so such a jerk. What a what a cad! And Masato is. He's not... like touching her leg under the table in the shot oh, when they're that's all. Great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, ama- that's I never noticed that before. No, well, because the subtitles are sort of blocking it. Yeah, but, like he's trying to play footsie with her, and she's like like tolerating it for a minute with her arms crossed, and then like in the next shot, she pulls her feet mm-hmm. far away from him. No, it's another. Great. This is this episode's another great reminder, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about it on the show before but just like how much or maybe we haven't how much posture really in in these in this show in particular and, and in, probably in a lot of anime but like and you see it in movies yeah too, it's an but excellent like, the posture gives you so much information about who the characters are mm-hmm. and you get you start to associate certain kind of gestures or movements 
um, stances and just like just the way people hold their body. What is the acting? Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons I like animation so much, and you know particularly anime is is the shorthand there, and the, and that there's a performance that is in part the voice actor, but also this collaboration of animators. You know, mm-hmm. from everything from the character design to the individual movements and again the limited number of frames that they sometimes have yeah so how important it is to have a stance yeah how efficient it can be to right. sort of communicate more the, because the efficiency of the if you if you put a camera on somebody like if you were to look at me right now it's like well i'm, I'm a living being so like you know there's different parts of my body or different you know, things that move you you can get a lot of different information about how i feel about something based on body language but with this like they have like you said they have to choose all of that so mm-hmm. it's like rather than animate a million frames of all these subtle details you, you're painting with a broader brush but i think in a weird way i don't know it communicates to, more clearly everybody to me in a lot of in the project has to really be on board with understanding who the character is and even you know i think that's stuff like pixar movies where you get these things where there's like sometimes with animated movies, there's tons of writers and the weird sort of collaboration that goes on there. And where, you know, the danger of creating art by committee is, is very real, but at the same time you're getting something that is again, so very specific and well thought out and everybody is driving towards the same thing. So I think you, you sometimes, that's why the Pixar movies end up being so tight and so well done is because, well, it's really, that I mean, that's, that's where it's really all about leadership. And I and just say for the record that, like, everything we know about animation comes from just being fans. And um, I know a little bit more from, like, uh, repeatedly getting drunk with Disney animators at holiday parties <laughs> at my friend's house. Um, but, like, we're not experts, but we're just, no. you know, so if anybody, like, knows more about it than us, if we sound like idiots, then I apologize. But we're just, you know. But I do think that, like, you know, like with any movie, the leadership of a director or, you know, in, different people in different positions is important. And I think that Pixar is sort of famous for its kind of like office workplace vibe and the, the friendly. Mm-hmm. Th- and I just assume that Otto must be a really effective leader as well, because it, it, there's so much about this that is a great in that way. But yeah, very curious um, what that dynamic is like, but because I've talked about it before, I, I'm, I'm particularly upset, obsessed with uh, behind the scenes documentaries about, anime films like the mm-hmm. there's there's a couple of them with the with miyazaki and there's there's a couple of them with um uh satoshi Kon before he died mm-hmm. that are fantastic like his like watch there's there's one on i think on millennium actress where he do you have millennium actress i don't i rented it from netflix kevin and i watched it years and years yeah, ago in my I, old apartment I, I rented a physical disc from a Netflix or rent anime and uh, I was I was looking them all up today. Right now. So yeah, so such fucking we talked about that at length. But like, but there's a whole thing where like they're in the behind the scenes where because like you know in Millennium Actress the characters are sort of appearing in different movie yeah. styles and there's a thing where like they're gonna be in like an old like a samurai movie where they're gonna wear the full armor mm-hmm. and Satoshi Kon's just like like they're talking about this scene and he's like he just sort of goes if I remember correctly he's like. You know, I want to see what that feels like. And it's like cuts to him being dressed <laughs> with full samurai armor and just like walking oh, around man. in it while his like team is kind of watching him and he's trying out different movements and he's discussing, you know, how heavy it is and like, oh, wow, these guys must be really strong to do this. And this. Mm. and it's like you literally just seeing him like, gather life experience in the moment so that they can reflect that back into this character suddenly being dressed that way. And it's the same, like I talk about like the, there's the whole bit in the Miyazaki one for Spirited Away, I think, where he... He's trying to expose the scene where uh, she's trying to get something out of the dragon's mouth, and he's like talking. There's like a jewel or something in the dragon's mouth, and he's talking to his young animators, and he's like, "Yeah, it should look like when you give a pill to a dog." 
<laughs> you, know, you have to slip it in the side yeah, of their yeah, teeth. Yeah. And all of these, like, you know, adorable animator nerds are just stare at him blankly. And he's like, and Miyazaki's <laughs> literally like, he's because he's always so exasperated. He's like, are you telling me that none of you guys have ever given a pill to a dog? And they're all just like, we don't have pets. Like, we work, like, you know, we work 20-hour days. <laughs> exactly. And, like, we're, like, you know, 25-year-olds in Japan. Our apartments are the size of closets. We don't have pets. And he's like, fucking hell. And it, like, again, cuts to them, like, going to, like, a a dog like a puppy cafe or something costing random dogs and trying to feed them pills (laughs) well like literally he gets a bunch he brings his animators and makes them pet dogs and play with them and they're terrified of them and it's hilarious because he's just like god hurry up guys i just you just need to know these things and sorry i'm going on rants and rants and rants here but i I want to come back to kaji before we get to asuka this is all my fault um but kaji's important and because he's the the first male authority figure that we've gotten that isn't like a, a complete shit or totally aloof. You yeah, know, we've yeah. seen, we've seen Futsky just sort of lingering in the background. Yeah, still, still, still not much of a <laughs> we presence. Got, we got some male technicians that never interact with Shinji in any way. So far, Shinji's act interacted with Misato, mostly mm-hmm. Ritsuko, Ray, um, and then his father, but that hasn't gone well. And yeah. so he's very, and we see him, he's very intrigued by Kaji. He's like, oh, he's really kind of funny and energetic, right? Well, because like, Kaji also recognizes him immediately. Kaji, Kaji oh, knows, knows who he name. is and yeah. knows, like, the, you know, like, oh, you're the pilot that, you know, like, piloted an Evo, like, without any training and, like, mm-hmm. you saved the day and stuff. And so he's immediately there, like, giving Shinji recognition and praise in a casual and way. And, like, t- like te- teasing him, you know, sort of at Misato's expense, which is yeah. maybe unfortunate, but, like, oh, you live with Misato. Sato, huh? Is she, is she still? He, he, he used to say, "Does she still hog the covers?" I think, but is, is does she uh, still toss and turn in her sleep? And everybody else freaks out, but Shinji's like keeps totally cool. Yeah, that's another good posture moment <laughs> for everybody involved there. Yeah, well, everybody's frozen. Like yeah. Asuka's literally like fro- frozen in place and in, in horror at it. But but yeah, just him like sort of having fun in this boyish way with with Shinji, but coming from this this adult man mm-hmm. which is something that shinji is not probably really experienced before we know he lived with his teacher yeah they say something about that sensei but i don't think we even know what the gender of the teacher was or what what was up with that so yeah i just want to flag Kaji yeah, and he'll, as a, and he'll a, a very important relationship yeah. and a very interesting addition to the show of this very self-assured um you know gendo's posture you know, mm-hmm. so so erect and you know we have shinji and toji and kensuke mm-hmm. and then we have kaji which is just a very different portrait of masculinity yeah and we'll there's plenty more to talk about with him as it goes but the big the big thing we should talk about asuka asuka strikes this is it yeah this is we've been building up to this one of the one of the you know most important characters in the show well finally all the pieces are on the board i, I was thinking about it yeah, and, that's a good point. This is eight episodes in, and we've yeah. now assembled the basically the cast. Is there anyone else as important? I mean, there's obviously uh, p- Kaoru. pivotal, yeah, yeah, characters like Kaoru that become important, but like as far as like the cast of the show, right. so like think again, thinking about it in comparison to an American TV show, like I, well, I, don't I was know thinking about this, like you know, again, how this common is, that is. This is very controlled in that it was 22 episodes, and they sort of had planned. And Oscar's in the credits. We know she's coming. Oscar, mm-hmm. by the you know, you've you've seen the episode. She's the, the second child in the pilot of Ava Unit Two. Um, but I was thinking of like uh, comparisons, and I was like, okay, so she's like this. She's like the spike. 
you know, like like a really important part of Buffy is Spike, who doesn't show up until season two. And then I don't want to spoil Buffy, but, you know, like you're sort of always waiting for him to come back and you're you're sort of Mm -hmm. waiting for this like to to lock in. And then I, I really hit upon that she's at least for me personally, more like Faith. And that okay. she's that character um, who initially is kind of antagonistic to our heroes. Mm-hmm. And I know that my f- initial watching of Buffy, you know, sort of like, I don't know what to do with this character. I don't like this character because they're causing trouble. Mm-hmm. And then as the show went on, I became more sympathetic and interested in the character on subsequent watches. It's sort of like, and this is true for Asuka too. It's like initially the character that I, I kind of like the least, but is now the character that when I think about it in a more abstract way is most likely to make me cry <laughs> just yeah. because of the rawness of her emotion. Well, this in, in, you know, no spoilers yet, but you know, she, she's the, she's the character that in some ways has the most exaggerated analysis of of her depth like we've talked about you know people having different faces in this show and this sort of existential stuff that you know eventually the show is going to get to about the way you perceive yourself versus the way other people well, perceive one you of the, the projected personality her two yeah that that her personalities are antithetical like mm-hmm. masato can be i'm sloppy at home but i'm sharp here it's sort of like oh i'm letting loose and it's, these things aren't at war with each other it's not like she's combating one aspect of herself and, you know, Shinji, you know, to a certain extent, his personalities are, are combative with one another. But Asuka's, obviously, with any people, any person mm-hmm. like this who's very arrogant and stuff, they're, they're covering up yeah. a weakness. Yeah, there's an overcompensating thing going on. And, and we get hints of that in this. Well, the fact that she has to bring Shinji along. Like, if she's so awesome and wants to prove yeah. how good she is, like... She brings him along to like show him. So it's not enough to just be good. She has to kind of get the person who is supposed to be better than her. Yeah. And get them in the thick of it and like really show him like I need to, I but need you to see. I do wonder though like I was thinking about it this time cuz we were talking about it while we were watching it this time and like I do wonder though if there isn't a part of her in the insecurity part that like, yeah, she wants, she, cause like, so big, what happens is, you know, the angel attacks, like you guys watch it. We don't need whatever but the angel attacks and they have unit two on the aircraft carrier. And so Oscar like takes the initiative to sort of, okay, I'm going to pilot it and go fight. Come on, Shinji, you're coming with me. And they both get into the, the cockpit and they're, it's like, I think she is trying to show off obviously, cause that's why she's doing it all. But I also wonder if she kind of knows she might fuck it up and she's kind of <laughs> wants him there to help, which is what ends up happening. Uh-huh. And of course it takes both of them sort of working together to do it, um, yeah, to accomplish oh, the thing. Sure. But you so right right away you see, yeah, her her sort of desperate desire to please. You know, she she wants attention from Kaji for sure. You know, mm-hmm. I think she's trying to impress him. I think she you know is trying to impress Masato. So both you know sort of surrogate parent figures, but also just authority figures in general. And then you know she slaps the boys for being perverts yeah, and stuff I, I, like I, that. Yeah, I, her character introduction is maybe maybe the best in the series. I don't know. Masato's is pretty good. Ray's got her bandages. Like, that's pretty memorable. Everybody has a pretty good, you know, good intro. But Asuka, like, Toji's hat blows away mm-hmm. because of the wind. And she steps on it. And so it's just like the very first thing she does is step on Toji's hat. And then the wind blows and he's, he's trying to get his hat. You know, he gets that peek up her skirt. And then does the amazing cut to the title card. With three the, slaps. <laughs> three slaps as the words appear. And then you cut back and there's hand marks on... Toji, Shinji, and I think Kensuke's got a black eye or something. 
<laughs> Which they never really explain why Toji and Kinsuke are there, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> just along for the ride. Just, you know, being shown immensely classified government secrets well, left and right. These these children. I mean, I think, I think there is... They've already abandoned the... Yeah, and there's logic the to it, I think, that we learn later, but... Kensuke's very excited to be there. Oh, yeah. That's, that's some continually fun stuff. I guess it's it's worth um, something that just occurred to me, and I, I could be totally wrong, and I maybe want to look at it again. I, it's interesting that she... I mean, they, they initially shoot her in the low angle because of the whole aforementioned skirt blowing up thing. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like I was paying attention to it that like, cause there's the other shot of her when she's standing on top of oh, Ava so two many power and she poses. Just sweeps her arm. Like this is Ava unit too. And that is like one of the most speaking of posture, like one of the most iconic Asuka shots to me, but it was, it was making me realize that like they tend, it seems like Asuka gets a lot of lower angle framing just in general, you know, like yeah, the way that they frame powerful. everybody. Yeah. Like is another part of the psychology and she gets a lot of lower angle things to, cause she is that dominating commanding presence. Mm-hmm. And I, it's funny to me that like, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that this episode might have more clips used in the trailers and in the credits. Like I feel like this is one of the most commonly pulled this is from a big one. There's because another it's so one much action. Asuka centric. You know? with Asuka and Shinji that's coming up that gets a lot of play in this like I bet in that Netflix trailer there's like half a dozen shots from this at least Mm. yeah no and that's interesting that you talk about that iconic shot of she's standing on top of unit two and she's Mm -hmm. in her yellow dress and they yeah throws her arm out she's got a lot of just power poses throughout the whole thing and we know that Ano is very into power poses and (laughs) we can talk about this too but I got a Moyoko Ano's autobiographical manga yeah mine's in the mail um, about living with Anno, and uh, there's definitely a lot of jokes about him like you know at the tailors getting fitted and striking ultraman poses and stuff <laughs> like that so he's very aware of like the power of poses and that's just a big thing in like sentai shows like power rangers and stuff anyways i was striking these poses but the idea of asuka in that sort of pose and then you compare that to the shot that you called out earlier in the um episode decisive battle tokyo 3 where they mm-hmm. with ray and the really yeah. iconic shot of ray and so it's like asuka in the yellow dress throwing her arm out standing triumphantly low angle whereas ray you've got this giant moon in the background mm-hmm. ray is like off to the side off center with her back to camera mm-hmm. just kind of glancing over at us and not making a whole lot of contact whereas asuka's like dominating and yeah. i think just even in that like iconic shots of the characters you have you have so much information about like Ray's is so haunting and melancholy with the moon dominating the space um and yeah i just and love that is, shorthand and, well it's just it, this it, i can't i mean we're gonna end up repeating ourselves in the show a lot so it doesn't matter if i've talked about this before but like now that we have them all here i i can definitely say that like i mean there's there's I'm thinking too many thoughts all at once. Like it's, you know, everybody loves the sort of which character are you quizzes for things and stuff like, you know, TV shows are good because of the connections that an audience gets to characters. That's really the main function of a TV show in particular or long running film series like Harry Potter or something. But like this, and I think there's healthy versions of that and unhealthy versions of, of the way people identify with characters in, in fictional things. But this show in particular to me strikes such a good distinction between the characters that like I find myself while watching it really trying to sort people in my life 
not in like a negative or cruel right. way, but it's like you 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 you're you're given this like Asuka is such a strong, such a potent dose of a of a personality that it kind of just like it makes me want to like who do I know that's like that? Mm-hmm. And I and because you can you can recognize it immediately. I know that we know people like that. Yeah. You don't need to say names necessarily if it's going to be the thing, but I, I I can't think of it right now. But it's one of those things where you. It's really easy to go like, you know, and it doesn't have to be on gender lines, but like it's really easy to, to like line up all the characters and sort of think of your friends being sorted into categories yeah. and, and, and Asuka Well, but being it's also really interesting in that one. Well that that with Asuka, Ray and Shinji we have the id, the ego and the super ego. Like, now is that intentional? Yeah, I th- I mean I think so. You think that's you've seen that reference somewhere? I, I believe so. I mean, you know, he gets into all the Freudian stuff and there's mm-hmm. all the existential stuff that's going to be coming up. Like there's the philosophy and uh, psychology, you know, the idea of absolute terror and uh, clearly there's Oedipal stuff and, and uh, father stuff. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that's which, which entirely we, we talked about on a previous episode and I was doing research before you came over today about, you know, uh, psychotherapy and psychology and you know depression and stuff in japan and it is just interesting to me that it's not you know therapy from what i understand based on my internet research is not a very popular or common thing for people to do like uh depression only became a like a a commonly used i forget the terms like something with a u like utsu or something like that Mm. it was a term that didn't become common in usage until like 2000 like you know antidepressants are only now like still becoming sort of available (laughs) because of this show i mean like i I wonder that honestly because it's it's like it's crazy to think that he was anna was creating this in the 90s in in referencing all this stuff that has to do with psychology but that's what i was saying was he talking to people about this or was he just reading freud and jung and like you know kind of seeing a potency because the, the, like i mean it becomes the influence more and more of that on art around the world like freud and jung yeah. have influenced art it, the stress it, it, of making you know. the show and trying to deliver the show on budget and on time and and the further we get into it as the production starts to buckle under the strain like his his mental state starts to change he becomes more interested in that stuff mm-hmm. so early on you know the pieces are there but it so whether whether when this episode was written it was like okay they're it ego and super ego the the deeper we get they he realized what they had and was able to start exploring things about himself through the characters which is just, through, through the story he started it's, to. it's fucking crazy so. that that he started with a show that was so firmly about existential ideas about the self and then the making of the show became just it's em- like it emphasizes it's, like, it, it's yeah. like apocalypse now i guess is really the closest like sure. artistic comparison like the idea that like you know or or like fitzcarraldo or something like that like the idea that you you make a movie that is going to require you to sort of experience the same things and it's going to change you and it's a movie about characters changing and it's like i don't i would love to know if Anno had any idea that that was going to be the reality yeah. of his life i mean maybe maybe i should have brought looked this up before i brought it up but uh id ego and super ego are you know, the aspects of the self and id we all know is like the wild mm-hmm. side that just is out to pleasure itself and you know that asuka sort of has no filter and is mm-hmm. is that what do you offhand do you know the difference between the ego and super ego it's always slightly confusing to me other than that the, the super ego is, is the more the, ordered one right that's the ray is it's it's it i think the super ego God, we're gonna sound like idiots. I think it sort yeah, of that's why I was like reg- regulates the conversation between the id and the ego. I believe. Okay. I believe that that's the sort of and so so like the the 
it is like pure impulse. The ego is like an organized sense of self, and the super ego negotiates between the two things. I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to look this up. We will. I, and I, I and you know, to. and I'm not going to cut it out if I was wrong, because fuck it. I mean, no, it's I'll fine. It. I don't yeah, mind. We'll look it up. Um, but yeah, all that all that shit is in there. Um, yeah, I think I think that is. But in saying that, that there are aspects of the self. I was thinking about it this morning, and I know that Anno has sort of said. It's introduced in that episode with Ray, and it becomes a continuing motif of why do you pilot the Evangelion? Why mm-hmm. why do you pilot Ava? And that you can plug in whatever it is that you're doing for that question. Why do you do what you do? And do why you know, do you write horror movies? Well, exactly. <laughs> well, it was as we're screenwriters, and I was trying to sort of identify myself, and I can see aspects of all three of them mm-hmm. within me. Of like, well, Ray does it because it's a bond between her and other people. This is a way to connect with other people. Like, why do I write? Why do I want to be a writer? Why do mm-hmm. I write movies? What do I hope to get out of that? I hope that it's a bond with other people that I that I don't meet and won't interact with because I'm socially awkward. But I hope that there's a bond there. And then Shinji is doing it for praise from his father. He wants mm-hmm. to be seen and recognized to have some sort of value to the people in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Asuka has this ego that she's trying to feed and uh, you know I could see, you know, my motivations for why I do anything in life. I can they're they're all in there. You know, yeah. whether it's like, you know, it, it 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 in addition to trying to sort of like looking at people in my life and be like, "Okay, which one are you?" I definitely am able to use these characters to sort of analyze parts of myself and my own motivations. I'm sorry, like I was like disappearing into my own uh, introspective thoughts there, and I don't have an answer. <laughs> I was like, it was like making me think about those things as well. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, and, this, and that's, that's what this, you know, that's what this show. I do want to ask, and we're probably running a little long here. I, don't I think know. So we're at forty-five minutes now, okay. so we we can. I think if this if this is, I want to rush to the show, fine. but before before we do, I want to ask because I don't know. I think we've established pretty clearly that Misato is my favorite character. But do you have a favorite character? You know, now I was, that everybody's here. I was thinking about that, and on some in some level, like Masato. Like I I don't want to just rip you rip off from you, but in some ways, Masato is. The character, the that, best character. Well, it's the character that I that I see in my life the most, and not necessarily like like, like I know a lot of Masados, mm-hmm. and I have uh, been in relationships with Masados, like mm-hmm. uh, romantically, and and I, you know, I feel the most sort of sympathy in a way because I I feel like I understand some of the particulars of that character, and so it's hard for me to not just say her, but that's also. Mm, it's also closest to where you are in life yes. right now. Of like when you, if you watch this when you're closer to fourteen, you know she feels different. You know the older you get, yeah, yeah. Like I, like I would be so friends her, with her, her. Her struggles are probably more. Yeah, I, I can, I can totally for you. Yeah, recognize her and see her. So it's hard. It's hard for that not to be. But obviously, like you know, I think no matter what, I. I I usually feel like a Shenji. I mean, I usually do, mm-hmm. you know, like we've, you and I've both joked about like, you know, when I, if I'm just like walking down the street or whatever, like I, I, my self image of myself is often as a 15 year old <laughs> boy. I don't, I don't think, yeah. I don't think of myself as an adult most of the time. If I go into, um, like I was going to, to, to meet a friend at a bar the other night and I went, I got there first and I went into the bar and it was, was particularly crowded. And it's like, I still feel like, Oh, like, 
this isn't a, I'm not, I'm not, I shouldn't yeah. be here or something. You know, and it's like, and it's, and then I snap out of it. And I think that that's, you see that with Shinji too, is like he, he can be normal. It's not like he's this like sputtering, you know, anxiety mess all, all the time. time. But only, I, only you know. when he's in somebody's house and they come out of the shower and they're naked and yeah. <laughs> trips over himself and see, weirdly, I think bras I, and panties all over. I handle that stuff better than him. Um, <laughs> But like, you know, yeah, I, I do I do I do relate to him and so like it's a favorite character is like such a difficult question. I'm and probably like two episodes from now I'll have a completely different answer or I'll come up with something specific that I will say. But I, I do still relate to him and maybe even in some ways more so now than I did because mm-hmm. some of it is a uh, when you when you are that age, there's a sort of sense of denial and I don't think I would yeah, have yeah, yeah. gone around telling everybody that that's oh, I'm just like that character. Like but I do, you know, I I do think that that's that's basically who I am, uh, yeah. and so yeah, those those two characters have my heart the most, um, and then Pen Pen, Pen Pen. Well, let's kind of breeze through. We haven't really talked about the specifics of the episode. We've talked very generally about the characters, but to rush through the plot, Misato's mm-hmm. bringing them to um, to meet Asuka. I guess. Like, is it well, it like opens a, with a, Gen- a with trip. with Gendo talking, I guess, on the phone or something about yeah. a de- an important delivery. And that, we, we're going to find out by the end of the episode, yeah. he's talking to Kaji. Um, so, 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 but just to say that, like, that, so they, they are ostensibly going to pick up Asuka and Ava Unit 2. Mm-hmm. And, you Transport know. Transport it. Yeah, here. it's just sort of a fun field trip. Like, she kind of says to, to Shinji at the beginning, like, oh, I figured you get bored of the same place you know, just for yeah. fun. So she's just doing this as sort of like a team building fun thing. She does not know that Gendo has something else i mean we don't know when he says that what that means because we could just right. as well but he's, he's uh, yeah he does it. say i sent along a spare pilot yeah so there's there's the the surface it's like second impact where it's mm-hmm. like okay a meteor hit the earth and it caused all this devastation and then we find out a few episodes in okay no there was they discovered the first angel and their contact with it led to this huge mm-hmm. bit of destruction that caused second impact so it was contact with the angel that, that started it so we have this surface story, which is, yeah, we're transporting Unit 2 and its pilot here to Nerve to come work with us in Japan, the, or the ner- the Japanese branch of Nerve, because there are branches in other parts of the world. And it's coming uh, from Germany, right? Yeah, she Although, and Asuka's half German. They don't show up. Do they ever show a map? Because I'm trying to think of where they would be sailing from. Yeah, I mean, I mean s- maybe they weren't coming exactly from Germany. but Yeah, I'm just sort of curious about the route there. But then also, I mean, the, the, like the the... Well, water levels on the planet have definitely risen because of second yeah. impact. So, like, is it, you get a really cool underwater sequence where we see that. I'm just sort of curious if, like, in this version of the the, the global map, can you sail from Germany to Japan? Right. Is it funny that they're the Axis powers as well? Is it funny? Yeah. Whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah, but there. So the, that's the idea. Is like we're sort of there to escort her and and meet her, and we're bringing this stuff back. We find out by the end of the episode. That and Misato sort of notices this because they're attacked by an angel en route. Yeah, and Misato's surprise. like, "Oh, is it? Is it after Unit Two? The end of the episode suggests it was not after Unit Two. It was after something else that Kaji has in a case mm-hmm. that he delivers to Gendo at the end, which is Adam. Is the first time the is, has the first time the expression human instrumentality project? Been? No, the, uh, episode two. You see them oh, talk about it. The oh, you're right in the, the little group. in the in the board. Yeah, the UN thing. Yeah, which. I, I should probably... I've been saying Sele. And I've heard lots of people say Sele. I've also heard people say Seal. This yeah. is the secret organization that's behind instrumentality. Mm-hmm. It is German for soul. So I think it's like Zila. Interesting. Is how you would say it. That's how the, the, oh, the, you the woman the on, the, yeah. on the Google Translate thing of like the pronunciation is Zela. So 
Yeah, but I've always said Sele, and I think other people. So, you know, I'm not alone in that. I didn't get that from mm-hmm. from nowhere. But if you say Seal, you know, that's fine. It's but it's like it is. I think Zula. Kevin said Seal. Kevin says Seal. I think so. And all that just depends on who you watched it with and whether you watched the dub or the subtitle. And you know, it's like you just yeah. Of- that, I don't. Yeah, I guess I'm curious what what they say in the in the dub. I mean, it doesn't even mean it's right, even whatever they say. No, it doesn't. But they pronounce it their own. I I remember seeing it. I knew Will had been watching it, and I saw a shirt at Media Play, and I went and told like, "Oh, there's a shirt of uh, Evangelion over there that show you like Evangelion." Yeah, yeah, I definitely knew people that said it that way. I might have even. Well, I mean, except that Evangelion. He says Evangelion in uh, one hour photo. Yeah, which is which is probably okay because evangelical right. is the word that people that's would like magi maggie yeah sure. yeah all right we're getting off track again and Always, i want to kind of yeah. uh yeah we should wrap this up so but the idea of uh, this is shit starting to get crazy mm-hmm. like this is the mythology getting not just oh this is a twist on like giant robot stuff like oh this time the robot's alive or it's got this is a, an embryo that gendo refers to as the first human being yeah <laughs> i know that, that is regenerating we'll, we'll we'll revisit that when it gets further down because that i wasn't sure if that was a translation thing you said it was like that in the other well and it's edition. like that in my official guide okay too. okay so he's calling it the first human whether that's just gendo sort of you know again he's lying or telling he's, us he's speaking in metaphor was a, yeah. or you know which is a lot of it gets confusing with how literal this show, is yeah. but this is again the religious stuff showing up and using this is what makes it so interesting for me as somebody who wasn't didn't grow up with a lot of religion <laughs> that somehow a show like this could sort of take its place mm-hmm. in my life by by providing a a mode of thought and stories that i can use to sort of apply to my understanding of the world and to life and all that stuff. And it's just funny that it uses that mythology. So it gives it this sense of grandeur and like Mm -hmm. ominousness of like, this is Adam. The first human is this weird little embryo monster thing (laughs) in in this case, in this suitcase that's being delivered (laughs) in this like clandestine like way is so fucking weird and creepy the fact that religion is getting involved in this all, all yeah. this stuff um, just gives it this big power. Um, I want to talk about Toji fl- flashing Asuka, which we didn't oh, get yeah. to, to talk about. It's a bit of a it's problematic like, moment. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's also I don't know, it's just it's funny, funny. No, it's I a, mean, I'm just it's just it's just it it's would a great be, response. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of like pervy humor in a lot of this stuff, you know, and with with Kaji and. Um, the, the elevator. When oh, when they're all crammed in the, the elevator. elevator yeah. And Misato and Asuka both say, like, stop touching me. And Toji and Kaji are both like, I'm not trying to. <laughs> so a lot of those kind of jokes. But, yeah, I just love that Toji's response to, like, oh, you accidentally caught a peek of me. I'm going to slap you. He's like, fine, I'll show you. Like, yeah, I'll show yeah. you my joke. I don't care. Well, you did. You you have that the panel you oh. sent me. The, the You're reading the Evangelion comic, and you sent me a panel that shows what what toji's yeah uh, i want to talk it's, about it's the osaka right point. it's yeah he's got that osaka here accent. i got it they, they, this is how they translate it's this just the other day yo she was handing out beat downs on some guys and i witnessed and i myself witnessed the shameful display of her panties she's a vulgar vulgar 
She's vicious, vulgar, and violent. Like, and it's all, it's like. Uh, yeah, I've written, it sounds like something from like West Side Story. Like, and I myself witnessed the shameful display yeah. of a panties. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like soprano. Oh, Officer Krupke. Yeah. Listen, she, the wind picked up. I happened to catch a peek on her skirt. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> it happens. I went to Boston immediately, which I'm not going to try and do. But it, I, yeah, like it's like something from like There's, the departed. I, I will have to. Yeah, I'm reading the manga. I want to. I want to talk. Yo, he says yo. I mean, what's funny is that yo <laughs> is a Japanese word that mm-hmm. you can put on the end of your sentence for emphasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it is. It is definitely a thing. So they're probably just like actually literally translating mm-hmm. that. But yeah, it, it works for that kind of thing. Like yeah. There's some there's some other ones that are maybe even better. And at first I was angry because it felt like a Chris Claremont like extra task of trying to decipher <laughs> like when Rogue talks and she yeah. doesn't say I in X Men oh, she says A H ah ah I just blah yeah, blah like blah trans- sugar. What do they call that? Like uh, now tr- I can't remember. Not transliteration. No. No uh, dialect. Just writing in a dialect. Yeah, but that's, that's, whatever. But yeah, but like we don't do it in our scripts typically. We don't. We wouldn't, oh, we no, don't no. write uh, no, <laughs> characters' accents into things and stuff. It seems kind of insulting in some ways. Yeah, I guess it's dangerous territory. But but at first I was annoyed, and then like the further it went on, it started to be like, man, they're really like having fun with this translation, and like some of it gets pretty impressive. So. I, I want to have a whole talk about the subtle distinctions between the manga yeah, we'll story. Yeah, we'll probably do an episode yeah, just the, on that. It really could be because it's it's really interesting how just with the subtlest of tweaks, you're getting a very different take on on some of these characters. But uh, I should also we should read more of the Toji lines from the manga. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that doing doing some of uh, dramatic readings would be good. Um, um, I guess well, let's just uh, like a couple things I want to call out on this episode that just because because yeah. it's you know where I, I I enjoy this podcast episode and just how all over the place we are because it's fun but I I, I want to flag for the viewers like there's there's a lot of really impressive animation uh, in this episode and a lot of really the, all the action's fucking great Ava and, too makes a great enter this is the first time we've I mean you know Unit Zero held the shield <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is the first time we see like Ava too is jumping from battleship to battleship and wearing has a this, tarp like a cape. Yeah, it has this tarp that it's wearing a cape that it sort of unveils itself. And <laughs> and it's all, and you know, and this is, it's just like, I don't really, I was thinking about it while I was watching it. I don't know if I want to bother to think about the physics of this, whether or not uh, it, uh, could, support uh, the it could actually support the weight. Because there's jumping from aircraft carrier to aircraft carrier, sort of like, you know, stones in a pond. The physicality is so good. And it's, when, it's so, it when you see the crushes ships, them every time it lands and like, yeah, they, they rock. They, and, they rock back and forth and, the, and that the, the fighter jets get tipped off the side as it's, mm-hmm. you can see it oh, God, trying the, to the, correct for the weight. The fighter jet, yeah, when it lands in the big one and it's trying to not tip over but it's like its priorities are itself, not the this things is, on the thing. So the fighter jets slide this is off. Suramaki. Like this is that director. So good. And then later when the when it's underwater and the the power cable like knocks them off, like you know, like when your phone charger like knocks a glass of water <laughs> over because you didn't. It's like it's such yeah. good observation the of the, the of the way it would work. And again, whether or not an aircraft carrier could actually support the weight of this thing, I don't know. Um, but it it. Uh, it certainly make they sell the physicality of it. It makes me believe it. I, I think this director is particularly. I think Kazuya Suramaki. Uh, I think that's the name. Uh, he's uh, particularly adept at that. There's stuff in End of Evangelion where it's some of my favorite animation of all time, where the the weight of things is so abundantly clear that it is extraordinary. And so yeah, weight distribution is is he, he gets it and can convey it. 
Yeah, and so all of that, like that means most of the episode is this stuff. So I don't need to Find talk much angel. about it because you, no. you guys, or you watched it, you know that. I want to yeah. point out that this angel has the little Sakiel Sakiel face on it, like that little plague doctor. Oh yeah, mask, the little spy versus spy. I called it before. He has a little yeah, that you know, little like face on the top, like his the top, top of his yeah, which is kind of we haven't really seen that before. It's kind of like, like a all blow the other hole or something have looked very different, but this is like the uniform. This is a pretty cool the one. The first sense of uniformity of like, oh, he's got the same angel mm-hmm. brand, the same yeah. angel branding as the, as the third angel. Uh, Gogiel, by the way. We haven't talked oh, about yeah, like, this. This yeah. is Gogiel. This is, uh, that's his name. And, and, and I really, I want to highlight, I'm a really big fan of the shot uh, when they, when they defeat it at the end, um, when they, like they're, like right, they go fishing, right? They yeah. put the umbilical cable on. They're on the ship that it swallows them. To- Toji helps out by talking about fishing. Yeah. Gives Miss out of the idea to have them open its mouth and they'll sink some battleships into its throat and blow it up from the inside. Yeah, the shot of the battleships going into its mouth and its teeth breaking and yeah. its jaw and then the wide shot of, of them firing inside of it and its belly. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, like every time I see those shots, it's just, I, you know, I love good. them. Yeah. So that's the big stuff, right? I mean, we didn't talk about Shinji having to wear Asuka's spare plug suit, so he's that's got funny. boobs and is very shy and bashful about it. Well, they have to work together. Like they're both in there, and she, you know, she can't get the the, the <laughs> Ava to you know move, and he has to sort of take the wheel from her. But then at the end, they have to both be sort of thinking in the same direction in order to get it to in the same language. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of business set about for, that for German, and there's a, a Baumkuchen is is this trend and that's what he says that's a popular thing in japan but it's like a it's strudel was the translation a different translation which is maybe more was instantly like a, like recognizable pastry? yeah it's like a you know it's like a kind of a cake thing like a mm-hmm. domey sort of cake uh, like a bunt cake kind of. Okay, sure, sure. But you know, then it's a German thing. So it's you know the, the joke is like think in German, and he's and that's like the only uh, thing he knows. Yeah. Volkswagen. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, and so we that's just I just worth pointing out because that's a you know like the sort of notion of them having to be in sync and and uh, mm, obviously that's some of the foreshadowing stuff that, for later. Yeah. The idea of them having to be in sync with one another. Exactly. That's that's the point, and it's in also sync. that's also one of the things that you know Pacific Rim borrowed most uh, liberally from, which we'll talk about that I'm sure mm. at some point too. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is yeah, we just hit an hour. I think we're probably yeah. Sorry, this is a is a long episode, but um, we're excited. Yeah, Asuka's here. Now the, the whole gang is together. Mm-hmm. We can stop trying to avoid talk- yeah. <laughs> talking about it. Uh, and yeah, here we go. Okay. Well, so bu- great. buckle up from here on yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're still enjoying oh, this. Let's, what is what is next? Uh, shit. I don't know. I mean, you next got the is, book right there. I got the book. I got it. So this is episode eight. So next is going to be episode zero nine. And it is going to be. Moments and Hearts Over Lie. Oh. The other title, the American title. Both of you dance like you want to win. Oh, so is this... This is the one I've yeah. been sort of casually referring to. So, cool. yeah, that's a good one. All right, guys. Well, uh, see you next time. Later. <laughs>